Welcome to Rental Equip Talk Radio with your host, Donald Charbonnet. This is the radio program designed for industry insiders, as well as anyone interested in getting into the rental equipment industry. Now, here is Donald Charbonnet. Well, hello, and how y'all doing? I am your host, Donald Charbonnet, broadcasting live from New Orleans. Uh, first of all, I can't let the day go by without remembering all those lost in and since the 9-11 attack in the United States. Please keep them all in your prayers, also the victims of Hurricane Dorian. You just never know what's around the corner. I also would like to challenge you to uh, Google a tremendous YouTube uh, video that I came across. If you Google Travis Mills, you'll see a gentleman, a veteran, uh, with a real inspirational message uh, and a story of sacrifice and true love of country. So again, that name is Travis Mills. Just Google him. So, how's the world of running doing today? Any big construction projects announced in your area? It's like a race. Who will win their business? And a big thank you to all our listeners. Last week, we had over 1,570 people tune into the show. It's super gratifying to me. I appreciate uh, you spending that hour with me of your time. Tell your friends and associates. I hope you enjoyed last week's show about performance reviews, self-assessment, and accountability. And remember, you can always listen on demand after the show. And let me know if there's a certain guest or subject you like on the show, and I'll do my best to get them. The call-in number today is 1-866-472-5790. So today I want to start off by talking about employees. What do employees value the most and then move on to the highest ranking factors of job satisfaction? And then we'll move on to what is trust and how to build it. So I found this great survey and and here are the results. Uh, First, what do employees value the most? And this survey, the following statements on the employee survey were used to determine which companies were top workplaces. And the importance value shows how strongly each statement correlates with how employees rate their workplaces. The closer the importance is to 100%, the more important the statement is. So I'm going to start at the bottom and work towards the top. So if you follow me with this, uh, 36.9%, my benefits package is good compared to others in the industry. Next up the ladder is 48.4% said, I have the flexibility I need to balance my work and personal life. Next rung, 48.7% said, my pay is fair for the work I do at this company. Then we jumped up to 58.5% that said, this job has met or exceeded the expectations I had when I started. And at 60.6%, I get the formal training I want for my career. At 61.6%, my manager makes it easier to do my job well. 62%, there is good interdepartmental cooperation at this company. At 63.5%, my manager helps me learn and grow. And 64.4% said, Meetings at this company make good use of my time. 64.7% said, 
new ideas are encouraged at this company. 65.8% said my manager cares about my concerns. And 68.2% this company operates by strong values. 60.5% I feel well informed about important decisions. 66% at this company we do things efficiently and well. And as we jump up to 68.5%, this company encourages different points of view. At 68.6%, I have confidence in the leader of this company. At 69.8%, senior managers understand what is really happening at this company. At 71.5%, this company enables me to work at my full potential. And right above that, 71.6, my job makes me feel like I am part of something meaningful. And 71.6% said I feel genuinely appreciated at this company. And the number one at 75.5% said, I believe this company is going in the right direction. So how would your employees rate your business? Be an interesting survey to take. So now we're going to jump to the highest ranking factors for job satisfaction, which is different. The following statements on the employee survey were used to determine which companies are top workplaces. The positivity score shows the overall percentage of positive responses from employees for each statement. Respondents were asked to rank the statement on a seven-point Likert scale, ranging from strongly disagree to strongly agree. The score shown is a percentage of responders who answered slightly agree, agree, or strongly agree to each statement. So again, I'm going to start at the bottom and work towards the top. My pay is fair for the work I do, 58.4%. My benefits package is good compared to others in this industry, 61.1%. I have not considered searching for a better job in the past month, 64%. Meetings at this company make good use of my time, 65.1%. I feel well informed about important decisions, 68.4%. Senior managers understand what is really happening at this company, 68.6%. This job has met or exceeded the expectations I had when I started, 71%. There is good interdepartmental cooperation at this company, 71.1%. I get the formal training I want for my career. 71.7%. And at this this company, we do things efficiently and well. 74.2%. This company encourages different points of view. 75.5%. This company enables me to work at my full potential. 76.6%. New ideas are encouraged at this company. 78.6%. My manager helps me learn and grow. 
78.9%. I have the flexibility I need to balance my work and personal life, 79.9%. I believe this company is going in the right direction, 80.2%. I have confidence in the leader of this company, 80.4%. And this company motivates me to give my very best at work, 80.8%. I would highly recommend working at this company to others, 81.1%. I feel genuinely appreciated at this company, 81.8%. My manager cares about my concerns, 82.9%. My manager makes it easier to do my job well, 82.9%. And my job makes me feel like I'm part of something meaningful, 83.6%. And finally, this company operates by strong values, 85.7%. So these are the highest ranking factors for job satisfaction. A lot of owners may think it's just the money, but there's a lot more to it than just having a job and taking home a paycheck along the way. People want to be involved. People want to know that they have input to the company and on and on and on. So I hope that gives you a little insight and maybe lets you look at your people and give them a chance to to rate you as a company and see how you shape up and match up. So next, I want to talk about something that all teams in the rental industry need. And you know, when I talk about teams, I mean all the different management positions and ownership positions within the industry. That is a key word, trust. So, to lead into that, why do you think customers do business with you? I believe the key to it all is trust. Trust that you'll supply them with good, reliable equipment. Trust that you'll be on time for both delivery and pickup. Trust that you'll give them a fair and competitive rate. Trust that if the equipment goes down, that you respond quickly and keep their men working. And trust that your personnel will be knowledgeable, courteous, and attentive to their needs. So what is trust, really? To build trust in a team, we have to understand what trust really is and why it matters. First... Who do you trust? The first people who likely came to mind were your partner, your family, and your friends, hopefully. How about your boss, your coworker? It's harder to say. It was a 2016 study conducted by Edelman that surveyed 33,000 people in 28 countries. From it, they discovered One in three people don't trust their employer. And only 24% of employees in this study believe their CEO exhibited highly ethical behavior. In another Know Your Team survey this past year of 597 managers and employees, it was found that folks were slightly more trustful of one another. 
about 8% of employees said they rarely or never trust their manager. That's almost one in 10 employees not trusting their manager. That's kind of crazy for people you spend most of your time with. So why does defining trust even matter? Whether one in three employees or one in 10 employees don't trust their manager, both are significant occurrences, especially given the amount of time we interact with our coworkers and the projects and outcomes that are on the line. It's startling. Are we really spending all this time with people that we don't trust? Should we be doing anything about this? To answer those questions, we first have to define trust clearly. Misconstrue what trust actually is, and you spend time on the wrong things. Get it right, and building trust gets easier. What trust is not? That is, likability. We often equate trust with likability. We think, this is a nice person, or this is the kind of person I'd want to hang out with on weekends. So we trust them. However, that's only part of the equation. Consider someone in your company you don't trust. You might like them. They're affable, genuine, definitely tries their best. But trusting them with a high-profile project, you hesitate. They show, they've shown the track record you need to feel confident You don't give them the big project because, honestly, you don't trust them enough. So if you want someone to trust you, it's not enough that they like you. It's not enough that they think you have good intentions. They've got to think you're capable. They've got to think you have what it takes to prove something through. At this point, let's take a quick break, jump back to Voice America, and when we come back, we will continue the discussion on trust. Thanks. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Genie Z60 37 FE Boom Lift is at the forefront of true hybrid technology. It is actually two machines in one that can be used for both indoor and outdoor applications. The Genie difference is a lower cost of operation and cleaner performance. The Genie 60-37FE Boomlift is more fuel efficient, driven by high-efficiency AC motors, which means lower emissions too. Check out the Genie FE difference today. Visit GenieLift.com. Genie Genuine Parts undergo testing on long-term durability and reliability, which means higher equipment resale values and warranties for you. You don't want to waste time and money on generic parts or even counterfeit parts, especially in the long run. Genie Genuine Parts are factory fitted and field tested to the highest of standards, which means more machine uptime. We also have free ground freight on orders of $750 or more from our two parts warehouses. Go to genielift.com to find out more. Have you tried the new generation of Genie XC Booms? The XC stands for extra capacity, and with new technology in the design, the Genie XC Booms carry a higher load with dual capacity capability, compliant to global industry standards. 
save time while you increase productivity. The new Genie XC booms are common in design, parts, and accessories for easier servicing. For more information about the Genie family of XC boom lifts, visit genielift.com. That's genielift.com. Genie Aerial Pros is one of the most comprehensive industry websites focused on safety and standards, service, and new products and applications. The Genie Aerial Pros site features experts in aerial and rental markets with five decades of experience and shared knowledge. You'll also get information on upcoming industry and company events, videos, training, and more. The Genie Aerial Pros website is available on a wide variety of platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, or through our own website at genielift.com. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. This is Rental Equipped Talk Radio with Donald Charbonnet. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to rentalequipedtalkradio at gmail.com. That's rentalequipedtalkradio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. And welcome back. And this morning we've been talking about uh, what employees value the most. And then we jumped over to highest ranking factors of job satisfaction. And at this moment, we're talking about a key word for everyone, and that is trust. And we got to the point of talking about what trust is not, and that is likability. Uh, so if you want someone to trust you, it's not enough that they like you. It's not enough that they think you have good intentions. They've got to think you're capable. They've got to think you have what it takes to prove something through. You might think someone's a good person, but you don't trust them to actually get the work done. You need both. This is an important distinction because many leaders accidentally optimize for likability as a means to build trust. They try to be friends with their direct reports, thinking it'll mean their team will trust them more. If we can internalize that trust is not likability, it causes us not to fall into the trap of trying to please everyone around us. If we want to build trust, there's something deeper we have to access. So then if trust isn't like ability, what is it? What trust is, is intentions plus behavior. In a 1998 paper, Denise Russo suggested this definition of trust. A psychological state comprising the intention to accept vulnerability based upon positive expectations of the intentions or behavior of another. In short, trust is two things, intentions and behavior. It's people's perception of who you are and their expectation of what you can do. That brings in what's called the four cores. Stephen Covey, well-known speaker, defines trust in his popular book, Speed of Trust, kind of similar to Rousseau. To Covey, trust is a belief in who the person is and a belief in their capability, their, excuse me, their abilities, a person's character and their capabilities. Covey then further breaks down trust into what he calls four cores. First is integrity. This means being honest, 
walking the talk, and being congruent with what you believe. You can't trust someone unless you believe they have integrity. When someone is assessing your integrity, they're wondering, do you have values I align with? Are you a good person? The next core is intent. This is your agenda or mission. Your team must trust your intent before they can trust you. A person sizing up your intent will wonder, are you thinking about yourself or others in this situation? Do you have the short term or the long term in mind? And the next core is capabilities. This is your talents, attitudes, skills, and knowledge. When someone is determining whether or not to trust you, they'll consider, does this person have the expertise to do this job as well as they say they can? Based on a survey, it was found that managers and employees most question their each other's capabilities. 26% of employees said this, and 36% of managers said this. And the last core, results. This is your track record, your performance. You can't be trusted unless you've shown results in some way that you can be trusted to follow through. When you ponder about a coworker, what has this person done that prove I can trust them? You're seeking results. Then there comes into warmth and competence. This is another related lens for understanding trust. The two elements needed for a leader to be trusted were warmth and competence, with warmth needing to come first. According to research, when you project strength too quickly, people have a harder time trusting you. As explained in Harvard Business Review, before people decide what they think of your message, they decide what they think of you. These perceptions of warmth and competence are powerful. Insights from the field of psychology show that these two dimensions account for more than 90% of the variance in your positive or negative impressions we form of the people around us. So how do you show warmth and competence? Warmth can mean positive body language, affirming words, generous actions, and even a smile. Competence can be projected similarly through body language, such as just standing up straight, your past track record, and the actions you take going forward. Trust is all about who people think you are, warmth, and what they think you can do, competence. Getting this distinction straight helps lay the groundwork for you to build trust in your team. You can now understand why someone might distrust you. Perhaps you haven't defined your intent clearly enough. Perhaps it's because of your past behavior. As a result, most importantly, you now can start to think how you can build trust in your team. The clearer understanding we have of trust and what it really is, the clearer path we have to our teams trusting us more. So, now that we understand what trust is, how do we build it?
Teams who trust achieve more. And here are seven steps to build trust at work. Trust allows a team to become more than a sum of its parts. This is true for any team, such as a project team, a sales team, a sports team, or a group project in school even. This will help you gain a better understanding of what trust in a team looks like, why you should care and offer advice on how you can build it in your workplace. What is trust in a team? One definition describes trust as a reliance on the character, ability, strength, or truth of someone or something. So what does that mean? It means that you willfully rely on someone else to do something that impacts you. You choose to believe in that person's ability and integrity, relinquish control, and expect a good result. Consider Wayne Gretzky. In Wayne's NHL career, he scored 894 goals, more than any player in NHL history. In his career, he also amassed 1,963 assists. This means that, despite being a greater goal scorer than any other player, he still thought that it was a better decision to have someone else take the shot all of those times. Because Wayne trusted his teammates to do their job correctly, he was able to earn 2,857 points in his career, often considered the most unbreakable record in professional sports. For this, he earned the moniker, The Great One. Wayne Gretzky's Oilers were a team of great players working together to become more than the sum of their parts. Together, they won the Stanley Cup four times. We've seen other dream teams fail to succeed, often because the individuals fail to check their ego, relinquish control, and trust their teammates to get the job done. If Wayne Gretzky can pass the puck, so can anyone else. And if you do, you will not only achieve greater team results, you'll achieve greater individual results as well. So trust also leads to team accountability. When a team trusts each other, they're able to push each other to do more and do it better. Teammates are willing to accept the pressure because they know that the person who's pushing them genuinely has their best interests in mind. This is called holding each other accountable. And it's the difference between average or underperforming teams and excellent teams. Employees hold each other accountable when there are team goals in place, like winning a sports game, uh, getting an A on a group project, or hitting a team-based sales goal. And teammates trust each other. The wonderful effect for a leader in all of this is that the employees will be doing a huge part of your job for you, and you'll look like a hero. Team accountability happens in trusting environments. If you try to push it when there's no when there are trust issues, it'll explode in your face. You have to build that trust first. Laura Stack in her book, Faster Together, Accelerating Your Team's Productivity writes, in the workplace, accountability assumes a high level of trust 
among everyone involved. This requires you and your team members to develop a team culture that, while questioning the status quo, believes that others have your best interests at heart. A trusting environment is critical for growth because it provides a sense of safety. When a person feels safe with their teammates, they feel comfortable asking for help, offering help, and taking good risk. And further, people who trust each other are far more likely to share knowledge openly rather than withhold it. So what happens if your team lacks trust? We've talked about a lot of different aspects of trust, but it also happens that uh, teams lack trust. And a team without trust isn't a team. It's a group of individuals. While each individual may have similar individual goals or job descriptions that force them to work towards a similar result, they won't even reach their individual potential, never mind the true potential of the team. Instead of sharing information, they might withhold information. Instead of pushing each other to take on more, they may battle over rights and responsibilities. Instead of supporting each other, they might refrain from even cooperating. Any of this stuff sounds familiar to you? Been in the rental business a long time. Everybody has their job, and we're also dependent on each other to do a lot of different things. With that, let's take a quick break, jump back to Voice America, and when we come back, we will continue what happens if your team lacks trust. Back to you. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The Genie Z60-37FE Boom Lift is at the forefront of true hybrid technology. It is actually two machines in one that can be used for both indoor and outdoor applications. The Genie difference is a lower cost of operation and cleaner performance. The Genie 60-37FE Boom Lift is more fuel efficient, driven by high-efficiency AC motors, which means lower emissions too. Check out the Genie FE difference today. Visit GenieLift.com. Genie Aerial Pros is one of the most comprehensive industry websites focused on safety and standards, service, and new products and applications. The Genie Aerial Pros site features experts in aerial and rental markets with five decades of experience and shared knowledge. You'll also get information on upcoming industry and company events, videos, training, and more. The Genie Aerial Pros website is available on a wide variety of platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, or through our own website at genielift.com. Genie Genuine Parts undergo testing on long-term durability and reliability, which means higher equipment resale values and warranties for you. You don't want to waste time and money on generic parts or even counterfeit parts, especially in the long run. Genie Genuine Parts are factory fitted and field tested to the highest of standards, which means more machine uptime. We also have free ground freight on orders of $750 or more from our two parts warehouses. Go to genielift.com to find out more. 
Have you tried the new generation of Genie XC Booms? The XC stands for extra capacity, and with new technology in the design, the Genie XC Booms carry a higher load with dual capacity capability, compliant to global industry standards. Save time while you increase productivity. The new Genie XC Booms are common in design, parts, and accessories for easier servicing. For more information about the Genie family of XC Boom Lifts, visit GenieLift.com. That's GenieLift.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Rental Equipped Talk Radio with Donald Charbonnet. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to RentalEquippedTalkRadio at gmail.com. That's RentalEquippedTalkRadio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. And welcome back. And today, again, we've been talking about what employees value the most and also the highest ranking factor for job satisfaction. And we've moved on to the subject of trust. What is it and how to build it? And we're now in the subject part that talks about what happens if your team lacks trust. Because a team without trust isn't a team. It's just a group of individuals. So people who don't trust their teammates don't like to take chances because their actions could be criticized. As a result, there's less innovation, collaboration, creative thinking, and productivity. Instead, people expend their efforts protecting themselves and their interests. And finally, a lack of trust can affect the way people handle customers. That's the most important thing. I've seen this before. Salespeople not allowing other salespeople to talk to their customers, service not allowing other service to talk to their tables, and the like. This is obvious to the customer, who receives a worse experience as a result. And perhaps unsurprisingly, damages customer trust towards the organization. You think back to Wayne Gretzky's example. Imagine if he didn't trust his teammates and chose to shoot whenever he had the chance. Because after all, he had the best shot. Not only would he have missed out on all the assists that helped make him the great one, it's reasonable to assume that defenders wouldn't have given him the space to shoot knowing that they didn't have to worry about him passing to a teammate. That means that by choosing not to trust his teammates, even his individual goals would have become much harder to come by. Teamwork in your organization may not be about helping each other avoid NHL defenders, but I'm sure you can immediately imagine your own equivalent barriers in the businesses that you run. In short, regardless of how capable and talented your people are, they may never reach their full potential if they can't trust one another. And I don't know what industry it's more true in than the rental industry, because it's a real team effort. So how do you build trust? Now you know how important trust is, so how can you build that trust? Building trust within a team requires more than people saying, I trust you. For example, Many leaders claim to trust their teams, but continue to micromanage and refrain from delegating important jobs. It takes consistent action over time to build trust. It doesn't just happen. 
and you can't rush it. And here are some ways to build trust within a team. First would be lead by example. Leading by example means holding yourself to the same standards to which you hold your employees. This means showing your people that you trust others. As often as possible, demonstrate trust with your team, your colleagues, and your boss. Your team members are always watching and taking cues from you. Take the opportunity to show them what trust in others really looks like. A powerful way to demonstrate that trust is by admitting when you fail or get something wrong. Your fallibility and subsequent accountability show your team that nobody is perfect, nor are they expected to be. But through openness, accountability, teamwork, and trust, obstacles can be overcome. Second, facilitate open and respectful team meetings. Open and respectful communication is essential for building trust. You need to get everyone on your team talking to one another in an honest, meaningful way, and you can use several strategies to accomplish this. Much of your communication as a team will take place during team meetings, so it's critical that you get this right. A first step I'd recommend would be to create a set of ground rules. Ground rules are typically made like this. One, at the beginning of a meeting, the facilitator puts up a big piece of white paper labeled ground rules. Second, explain that the intent is to define the rules that the group will adhere to in order to run an effective, respectful, and collaborative meeting. Explain that these rules will be brought back for every meeting going forward. Gain agreement from everyone, and remember to store the rules in a safe place. And third, don't be afraid to add a couple of rules of your own. Some of the favorites could include start and end meetings on time, no interrupting, no phones or emails, and everyone reads the agenda and prepares ahead of time. As a second step, include a standing item on the agenda each week called Team Roundtable. At this part of the meeting, give your employees the opportunity to bring up topics that they feel are important and work through problems as a team while being protected by the ground rules. The meeting ground rules provide a sense of safety, which makes the team feel comfortable proposing topics and asking for the opinions and support of others. It's critical that you include the team roundtable each week and offer a reasonable amount of time. By including it each week, you demonstrate that you're not just paying at lip service, it's actually a part of the meeting. In contrast, if you ask a question at the end of your meeting, such as, does anyone uh, have anything before we wrap up? Stop doing that immediately. Employees perceive this as a meeting over. We can go as long as no one asks a question. Heaven forbid if someone does ask a question. At this point, the group will already have its figurative foot out of the door and the group will not be willing to give it ample discussion 
and people will blame the person who introduced the topic for holding everyone hostage. Over time, as your team gets accustomed to having respectful conversations each week, the trust will grow and respectful communication practices will begin to permeate the culture of your organization. Third, set team goals. The highest performing teams I've come across have all been deeply committed to team goals. Team goals are effective because they encourage employees to come together and communicate proactively to solve problems and improve processes. When the leader focuses primarily on team goals, the team comes to believe that they win or lose together. And because team goals rely on a team effort, they encourage engagement, interactions, and communication between the employees. The result is that employees will be more likely to actively help their peers with issues and work collaboratively to get results. My suggestion is that your first meeting of the month includes setting team goals for the month. Once the goals are set, post them on a big piece of paper where everyone sees them every day and discuss them at every meeting throughout the month. Consider a successful sports team. No sports team has achieved greatness by focusing on personal achievements. Every player on the roster is obsessed with a singular goal, winning the championship. This is what you want. I know that's what we want with the New Orleans Saints this year. When people depend on one another for success, even the most self-centered employees will be compelled to support their peers over time. That consistent peer support creates trust. Four, encourage staff-led projects. Dennis and Michelle Reyna, in their book, Trust and Betrayal in the Workplace, write, when you trust your coworkers' abilities to make good decisions, you reinforce their trust in themselves, and you encourage them to trust your decisions as well. So by offering responsibilities that stretch an employee's capabilities and support their own development, their trust in you, the organization, and each other also grows. The Rainers call this concept trust of capability. It infuses your workplace with optimism, energy, and a collective sense that individual expertise is valued. I find that having employees take full accountability for the development and implementation of projects is a simple and powerful tool. In my experience, the practice is usually very low risk, but very high reward. And as a leader, you open up opportunities for breakthrough innovation, process improvements, and enhanced profitability. Meanwhile, the employee discovers that they're capable of more than they imagined. They will become bolder and more confident themselves. They will likely involve other staff members, thereby spreading the engagement, development, and organizational buy-in, and you will alleviate pervasive mindsets of doubt, second-guessing, scrutinizing, and fear. 
And critical to this process is that you cannot be afraid to let your team members experiment, learn, and even fail through the entire process. That is where the real trust building happens. If, if you can't do that, then this plan may backfire and serve only as a reminder of the lack of trust you have. However, if you can demonstrate that trust, then there is no more powerful tool than literally giving them responsibility for meaningful aspects of the business. Number five would be managing clicks. Sometimes clicks can form within a team, often between team members who share common interests or work tasks. In principle, I'm not against clicks forming in the workplace, but these groups can inadvertently make others feel isolated, particularly if work decisions are being made in these exclusive side discussions. Resolve this by having open discussions about clicks with your team members and seeing what they think about clicks and their effect on other group members. Number six, eliminate blame. When people work together, honest mistakes and disappointments happen. In teams where trust is pervasive, the employee will be willing to admit their mistake and the team will work together to find a solution. However, in teams where distrust is high, folks will blame others instead. This does nothing more than lowers morale, undermines trust, and ravages your organizational culture. As a leader, you need to reinforce the former. When an employee makes a mistake, admits it, and takes steps to fix it, then reward that behavior. Likewise, when an employee avoids placing blame and instead find ways to support their peers and work through issues, reward that behavior. On the other hand, if you have an employee who is quick to blame others, find out why they feel compelled to place that blame. It is because they're afraid that they may be swept up in the consequences. Does your organization have a history of punishing employees for errors or rewarding employees for exposing one another? Lead a discussion with the employee and make sure that they fully understand your values around trust and teamwork. Let them know that what you value is teamwork and what you look forward to is hearing about creative and effective solutions. And of course, let them know that blame demonstrates a lack of trust, which is not acceptable. And also we gotta manage gossip. Some level of gossip in the workplace is inevitable. It's not exactly healthy, but coworkers do derive a social benefit from gossip. That shares innocuous information. Further, if you attempt an outright ban, it will flourish then it will then flourish out of your sight and with no opportunity for you to manage it. Instead, manage it. Have a discussion with your team about gossip in the workplace. 
ask questions like, what are your thoughts on office gossip? What kind of gossip do you believe is appropriate? And what is it? And what are the reasons that you gossip? In a team meeting, you could have your team set their own guidelines around office gossip and what is and is not acceptable. And then document them on a big piece of paper for reference. When a team makes its own rules, the rules are almost always completely reasonable. The rules have stronger buy-in than if the rules were imposed upon them, and the teams tend to hold them accountable. And of course, as a leader, you should set a good example by refraining from gossip. Imagine if your boss discussed office politics with you, and perhaps they do, or revealed personal information about a coworker. Would you be confident that they wouldn't gossip about you to others if they're talking about others to you? You may enjoy hearing the gossip, but ultimately it's going to harm the trust and respect between you. And so part of the conclusion of this is that trust is an essential element in team productivity. With it, teams can achieve vastly greater results than the sum of their parts. Without it, the team will struggle to achieve even the most basic performance expectations. Today, countless frontline staff members suffer from a lack of trust for their teams and for their leader. And it should be no surprise. There can be no doubt that the days of loyalty between an organization and an employee are gone. The workplace is evolving so quickly that people are being asked to do more and more to keep up, and yet real wages go down and down. People are easily able to see how the division of wealth is growing, and they can connect the dots. They know that they're being taken advantage of. Successful organizations of the future will be those who change this perception by building trust, pride, and a sense of mutual benefit between leadership and staff. As a leader, it's critical you start now. Build trust within your team. Offer real value to your staff through rewarding work and career development. And convey the linkages between the work of the employee and a greater why than simply making money for the company. You know, we started this conversation about trust and trust is being dependent on others. And what it really, I guess, mostly comes back down to is what drives our business. And so, again, I want to repeat. So why do you think customers do business with you? And I believe, I believe that it's trust. Trust that you'll supply them with good, reliable equipment. Trust that you'll be on time for delivery and pickup. Trust that you'll give them a fair and competitive rate. 
trust that if the equipment goes down, that you respond quickly and keep their men working. Treat it like a medical emergency. And trust that your personnel will be knowledgeable, courteous, and attentive to their needs. And I'm sure you found other trust factors between building relationships out in the field. And that's what's important in this industry to keep it going. These contractors have, I don't know how many salesmen calling on them on a day-to-day basis. And winning the business, as I've talked about in the past, is working on building a relationship with that customer. Part of building that relationship is getting them to trust you over the other guys. And when you can do that, based on all the different stuff that we've talked about today, I think you'll be the winner of that contractor's business. So you just never know what's going to tick with somebody, what little quirk they may have. Uh, Maybe somebody they talked to over the phone they weren't happy with, maybe the delivery guy they weren't happy with. And you, as a salesman or a manager or owner, have to have the trust in the rest of your team to make sure that everybody's doing everything the right way. So that's most important. Just keep that that one thought in mind, and that's trust. And look through your organization and see if you have some work to do to fix that if it needs to be fixed. So in closing, uh, as always, if you want to reach me, my email is rentalequiptalkradio at gmail.com. Or you can call or text me, as some folks do, 504-615-0540. And remember, you can always listen on demand. And I hope some of the issues discussed today either helped or provoke more questions for the success of your business and with you and your people. Next week, I have a guest by the name of Gary Bertecki. He's a CPA. Gary's been a guest on the show before. And the subject, uh, it's... It's all about the numbers, and the rules are changing, and Gary's going to take us through some of these rules that are changing with uh, the government. So if you'd like to be a guest, suggest a guest, advertise, or have a question, need a guest speaker or a business consultant, looking to sell or buy a business or need equipment financing, I can help. Today's quote, in order to establish trust, it is first important that you be trustworthy. This means you should be forthright with all your dealings. It's been my honor to spend this time with you. I'm Donald Charbonnet, your host in the Die Hard of the Rental Industry, signing off. And remember, always remember to make time for the things that make you happy to be alive. Be safe and good renting. Have a great week. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Rental Equip Talk Radio. Be sure to join your host, Donald Charbonnet, next Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we speak again, have a great week.